Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. Have you noticed the leaves are starting to change colors? Yes. Starting or finishing? Coming to you almost live from an abandoned Soviet missile silo, this is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. And we are your hosts. Boy, we've got an exciting episode for you this time around. Uh, we have a guest in the studio who I will get to momentarily. Uh, we, we actually got to sit in last week on one of the Alberta Party's big listen events. They were kind enough to let us do that. Uh, we have another edition of Sex Talk with the Traveling Tickle Drunk. But first, I'd like to introduce our guest. Some refer to him as the Dumbledore of digital media schools here in Edmonton. Ladies and gentlemen, the executive director of Guru Digital Arts College, one of our benefactors, and sexy so try to boy... Look, try to look good in front of the benefactor. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the nipple tassels probably, no? Well, unless he's into that. Owen Brierley, are you into nipple tassels? Anytime you, whatever. I, I, ha, I have no way uh, of approaching that. I, I don't even know what to say, man. Okay, well, here's another question. Were you expecting that to be the first question of the show? <laughs> no, it really wasn't. That's, that's phenomenal. So how do you feel about me referring to you as the uh, wizardly headmaster of a digital media college? Oh, it's delightful. Is I it? I love it. I think it's, it's um, I, I, yeah, I think people would, would say that, sure, he's a Dumbledore. Sometimes they think I'm Snipe. Um, <laughs> depending on the day and and um, the state of my stress, but yeah, you know, Dumbledore's fun. I'm working on the beard. I can see that. Yeah, you've yeah. got a you've got something I've of got a, a baby Dumbledore, Dumbledore beard. <laughs> That's officially what it's called, I think. The baby Dumbledore. <laughs> the baby. Yeah. We're coining that today. Yeah, yeah. We'll put that into Urban Dictionary. It is now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now. By the way, I put something else into Urban Dictionary the other day: the Mister Belding effect. That is being elected to a public school trustee role because you've been principal. There you go. That's so. Anyway, that has nothing to do with you, Owen. Only tangentially. Oh, I was going to announce my, you know, candidacy. <laughs> yeah. I think you're a little late, actually. Yeah, you're like maybe two, three weeks too late, actually. So how do you fall into becoming the Dumbledore of a digital arts college? How does that happen? It really was falling. Was it? Um, yeah, it was kind of cool. Um, I've known the, uh, the, the guys at Guru for a number of years. Um, we worked together uh, back in 2000. Uh, I was teaching at Nate, and uh, we ended up um, becoming friends. And uh, through a wacky course of events, um, I ended up doing some contract teaching for them. And then um, a couple of years ago, in the summer of 2008, uh, they came knocking on my door saying, would you please come play? And I said, sure, why not? Yeah, that would be fun uh, at the time there were only four students in the school so it was a bit scary you know it was this sort of the um the the real reality thinker in my my mind said run away and uh the entrepreneur in my mind said hmm, this is an interesting challenge and uh and it's turned out to be a really cool kind of process of of examining and reinventing and rethinking how we how we do teaching and and the way we approach school and and you know trying to come up with clever new ways of of engaging people and getting them to do stuff yeah online 
online and offline too yeah oh yeah because because i i want to get into this right away we'll talk a little bit more about the school after but you guys actually developed or helped to develop sort of yeah Yes. The uh, okay, Edmonton okay. International Film Festival's iPhone application, along with the guys from Yeg Live, right? Indeed. So, h- how did that opportunity come up? Did people well, are people just like, let's go to Guru to find <laughs> find the Well, experts? no, it was it was sort of this uh, again a, a wonderful sort of serendipity sequence of events. We had um, uh, uh, Wade Murray wanted from Alberta Innovation. He wanted to go for coffee with me and sort of touch base and find out how things were going with the school and whatnot. And we got talking, and one thing led to another, and and he ended up calling up Michael Ham from Frame Thirty. Um, and uh, uh, and pulling in Guy Lavalley, who is uh, the head dude over at the film festival, and and we all sat down and met, and I pitched to them the idea of doing an, a simple iPhone app. I mean, this was uh, four weeks ago, so we had zero time to make this happen. Yeah, because the film festival, at the time of this recording, only launched about two or three days ago. That's right. So you must have been scrambling. It was a, it was an intense scrambling, and and in fact there was uh, a, a lot of panic and um, and uh, some mayhem, uh, you sort of hijinks running around and and um, and good thing for Sally Paulson because uh, she introduced me to Chris uh, at Yeg Live at your birthday party. There you go. See, networking it works. <laughs> you have to come to these events if you want interesting <laughs> things to happen to you. So, Act. anyways, the point is, it is. <laughs> It is still the highlight of the show. Sure, sure, but the, so the unknown studio Edmontonian birthday, the second most. Important yeah, okay, and event, and perhaps the go. third uh, would be Scott's birthday, which at the time that you're hearing this happened a few days ago. So, in a weird time warp sort of way, happy birthday, buddy! <laughs> Thank you. Uh, or should it be belated? Ha- happy be- belated. belated birthday. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm screwed. <laughs> I had, I didn't forget. Anyway, so so you met so, Chris at our birthday through Sally, who is also a graduate of the college, right? She is. Yeah. Yes, she is. And and she got involved in helping us get some of the stuff into the the app itself. And and so Chris uh, did some magic and um, a couple of other colleagues of mine, Tanya Camp and Craig Schlegelmilk, they helped with some of the architecture behind it all and, and some of the pre-thinking on it, and, and or not pre-thinking, thinking on it. And uh, and. Uh, it ended up coming together. We submitted the app to the app store uh, and sat on pins and needles for nine intense days of waiting to see if the approval would come through. And uh, and presto, banana peel, it uh, it came out on, on the first day of the festival. So. Now, presto, banana peel, that's not, that's not something you just throw out there. That's, no, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. So... I mean, I know that I know that Apple has a tendency to take a really long time. Well, or or just being inconsistent in how quickly they approve these things. Not just quick, how quickly, but they're also very, very stringent on on um, what they allow to get through. So the fact that uh, Chris was able to get something through on the first go, hmm. uh, and the fact that it was our very first app ever, we were app virgins, and so you know this was. Uh, uh, th- this was pretty exciting. So when you're, when you're, when time is of the essence, right? Um, and, and you need to get this thing approved. Do you just sort of hail Mary it? Or do you like have a buddy at Apple that you can call and be like, Hey, we oh, just got this thing into the app <laughs> no. store. You need to approve no, it. It was, it was, it was a lot of, a lot of sacrifice chickens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you pagan. <laughs> you Sometimes 
Sometimes you need a little chicken blood to grease the wheels of the Cosmos. I just use grease for the Cosmos wheels, really. That's that's my preferred. <laughs> grease is my preferred lubricant. Scott uses chicken blood. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you what the lube's for. So... <laughs> This is Adam, coming to you almost live from the political spectrum. I had the opportunity last week to participate in something called a Big Listen, which is being put on by the Alberta Party. It's kind of a new political party, um, really the amalgamation of a couple of political parties, a group called Renew Alberta and the original Alberta Party, and they're conducting these Big Listen events which are basically living room sit-downs with uh, citizens of the province to talk about uh, talk to them about their hopes and dreams for the future and their concerns for the present, ultimately trying to use these big listen events to develop policies for what will become or what is already a political party. I was invited along with a group of uh, other bloggers and, and individuals involved in the sort of uh, non-conventional media to participate in a big listen last week. Um, and it was hosted by um, the VP of communications for the Alberta Party, a girl by the name of Elaine Hishka, and by the Alberta Party organizer, a gentleman by the name of Michael Walters. This uh, segment will take you through some of the process of what is involved in a big listen, and, and you'll get an idea of what it is that the party is driving at. But we start with Elaine uh, basically explaining the process to us. And I just invited you guys here today because Michael and I were talking, and we thought that it might be a good idea to um, introduce some people that are more interested in kind of social media or blogging or somehow related to media just... Um, to the Alberta Party and the Big Listen process. So Michael's going to go over a little bit about what the Big Listen is first, and then we'll actually um, go through kind of um, the steps of a house meeting. Okay, so we've uh, been working on this uh, since April. Uh, the party, how many people here have a sense of the history of the Alberta Party? A little bit of a sense. So I won't say a lot about that, but the Alberta Party has been around in its, in its original form since 1985, kind of an early uh, uh, reform movement that decided to spend its energy uh, federally rather than provincially, so left the shell, so to speak, of the party there, uh, which has been stewarded for the most part by the same kind of half dozen to a dozen people over the last 25 years. And the reason you haven't heard of it before, likely, is because they really didn't do that much. They, they ran a candidate in Strathmore Brooks every election for the past number of years, and uh, just basically to maintain their party status. So a number of people who were involved in the Renew Alberta movement uh, connected with Edwin Erickson, who was formerly of the Green Party. Uh, the rural contingent of the Green Party had come over to the Alberta Party, and the Renew folks and Edwin met at the first reboot and started to talk about, you know, maybe we're interested in the same things. We're certainly at the highest level interested in a more competitive democracy, more engagement of citizens in the political process. So the negotiation sort of ensued over a couple of months, and uh, it was on February 7th that about eight members of the Renew Group were invited onto the board of the Alberta Party, and we were interested in doing that 
uh, if the Alberta Party suspended its current slate of policies, which were kind of rooted in some 19, mid 1980s uh, separatist sentiment. Uh, so those policies would be suspended and we would then engage in a very ground, uh, grassroots, ground game kind of listening process to identify a new policy direction for the party. And to be able to rebrand it and rebuild it into something that was modern, moderate and inclusive. So uh, the Big Listen started in uh, the first set of trainings around the Big Listen and how to do house meetings uh, started in March. And since then, we're, tomorrow's our deadline, and we're, our goal is to get to 100, and we're going to get it pretty close. We'll see how everyone pulls off the work they're going to do this week, or that they've committed to do this week. So I'll say a little bit more about that in a minute, but maybe we'll just start by your name and why you came. Why, why were you interested? Okay. <clears throat> um, my name's Alex Abood. I'm here because Elaine invited me. But more generally, I'm interested in um, Paul and politics, civic issues. Uh, At this point, members of our group are introducing themselves and sort of explaining um, how they came to be a part of the group. Um, what's interesting is that most of the individuals um, who have decided to in involve themselves I mean, in this process are, they basically come from a, a similar bent. Uh, not that they're left-wing or right-wing necessarily, but that they all basically share a concern for the direction the province is going in or, or, or over the fact that the province and its government and opposition parties are themselves um, directionless. Um, after, uh, after the introductions uh, go around, Michael sort of explains the structure of the evening. So what we're going to do tonight is we're just going to, it's about, we'll be out of here by 8 o'clock, but uh, we're going to start with a one-to-one -one conversation, and then we're going to go through three uh, group reflections that, you know, run about 15 uh, minutes a pop. And then we'll just so essentially we broke off into groups and I got to sit down uh, with um, uh, so a young lady named Ashley whom I sort of know through Twitter um, and we exchanged stories about our experiences okay. growing okay. up in Alberta, uh, basically what really Michael called way. telling our Alberta story. <laughs> And after we sat um, down together for about 15 pairs, minutes in pairs, we came back to um, really to the other group, and, and Mike sort of um, took us through the rest of the process. Okay, so how was that? What did you hear that was interesting from the other person? Uh, a lot of people are not thrilled with what's happening in the province, but have decided for some odd reason to stick around. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what I got. All right. Well, not, we didn't conclude some arteries. <laughs> There's a lot of possibility and opportunity in Alberta. So we're going to go into the agenda right away. I just want to say a couple quick things. Uh, we call this the big illicit flip. I think that uh, in my view and the view of many in the party, that politics has become more of an exercise in marketing than actually listening and engaging with people. So a very small group of people get together come up with the policies that they think are good ideas. Although I failed to distill in a very short sentence what the discussion was between Ashley and I about our, our Alberta story, um, a lot of common themes came out of what people were talking about. And those themes included, you know, some sense of pride of being um, Albertan and, and some sense of dismay at the same time at being Albertan just because of how disengaged people feel from uh, political party politics and uh, so, so after we sort of went through and, and shared with the group what we'd heard from our one-on-ones Michael guided us through a discussion around some of the pressures that we're feeling as Albertans right now and uh, and some of the answers uh, were interesting diverse and and you know 
emotional um, in a lot of ways. And though you can't see the faces of the people in attendance at this big listen, it was still a bit of an eye-opener for me. So what follows is a, is a sample of a few comments that were made um, by the participants around the pressures that they do feel. And I encourage you to stay here and bless up here. And don't worry about sounding self-interested because that's what we're trying to get. Okay. Well, I just bought a house or condo, and uh, it was more expensive than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Does that count? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Housing. Housing. And well, I should. Okay, maybe the head's getting. But to find what I wanted was more expensive than I thought it was going to be. That met my criteria. And, and I was willing to pay for it, but. I wonder if it's that expensive everywhere, if it's unique to here. I'm starting my own business, and yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah, yay! Congratulations! Wow. And that is overwhelming, to say the least. Um, What's overwhelming about it? Um, not knowing at all what I should be doing at any point in the process, I guess not having the funding to do so. Um, um, also on a less professional personal note, having being able to have open and honest communication and discussion with people about issues. And I know that's cryptic, but for example, the Bill 44 thing, being able to have a, a common rational discussion without knee-jerk reactions, I found really difficult and time-consuming, and frustrating. Well, I think the biggest pressure, challenge, or concern facing me right now is that you know, I decided to study politics, pursue a career in public policy, politics, government. And now that I'm here, I'm just kind of overwhelmed by the, by how not like it, how how much it isn't what it should be. I mean, I, I, I chose this because I relish on a good, sane, rational conversation and exchange of ideas. I hate that I have to justify why I live in Alberta. It's with people that I work with uh, on a national level, or if I'm traveling somewhere else, people will be like, why? Why would you live there? Um, and I guess, and when I was on my way here, this is similar to what Adam was saying, that I'm not sure, similar to Mac, I recently purchased a condo and it was really, really expensive, and my mortgage is longer than I'm sure there will be oil sands. Like, I'm just not confident that, hopefully not, <laughs> but it's, it's a scary proposition. I guess, um, entering into something like that. And so while we say that there's a lot of, or I said earlier, that there's possibilities and there's opportunities here, um, it's because I've personally identified a need that there's change is required. Um, so yeah, justifying it and having to actively work to fix a broken province against a very mm -hmm. large conglomerate, if you will, is daunting and unnerving.
Okay, so uh, the next round will be uh, virtually the flip of that, which is, what do you hope for? Oh, I thought you were going to say the lightning round. The lightning <laughs> round. Yeah, well, we can have, if you want to react to each other for a couple minutes, go ahead. I just wanted to say, like, after we discussed areas of concern um, about the province with members of our group, um, Michael sort of allowed us time to, to react to what everyone was saying. And one of the things that uh, I think few group members, myself included, found astonishing was that there are people in Alberta who don't feel like they can state their opinion because they're worried about retribution either from their employer or, or you know, I don't know, other elements of the community. That was that was pretty a pretty striking and scathing indictment of the state of politics in the province to me. But we didn't want to keep it all negative um, all night, and we wanted to end it on a positive note. So, so uh, Michael sort of flipped it on us and uh, asked us about our, our hopes and dreams uh, for the future of the province. And uh, well, I mean, again, got some great answers I, out of people, so we'll share those with you and as well. I do have hope that it, because there are a lot of people I respect um, that have, are still staying in Alberta and trying to fix things, whether it's in a political level or you know at any order of government, or whether it's through their work in the community or so forth. Um, and with so that gives me hope. But what I hope is a that they'll be able to achieve results, and I, I'm confident that. Some, I have confidence that they will, but I also hope that they won't get burnt out because I understand that, and I've been there where you just work, you work hard, you just work so hard on something you can only put in so much, and it's just it's easy. You can people can get burned out, people can get defeated, and I really hope that people who care about Alberta and people are trying to address like, some of the concerns we've talked about don't end up like that. Um, I also hope that I will have the, and not to say that I'll, I'll stay in Alberta the rest of my life, but I hope that I have that opportunity, that opportunity is there. I want to be proud of Alberta for things that we've accomplished, that we have a diversified economy that is vibrant and has talented people that are attracted to come live and work here. Um, Mark, there are too many ways to put it, uh, so I guess I would fall back on saying uh, I'd hope to see a place where people uh, can live out their dreams, live up to their potential, uh, achieve what they, they want to, uh, be what they want without feeling uh, restricted in any way. Um, I, I do think the default, well, and do that in more than just financial terms, uh, material terms, um, I do think that there is a uh, default position here that uh, uh, sees people not always 100% engaged uh, with the place where they live. There's always a feeling, uh, if we really don't like it, we can always move out. The problem with that is, well, it's a, a good practical solution, is that if everybody starts doing that everywhere, then you run out of places in the world to live. Mm -hmm. So. The moon. Why, why not start, start <laughs> building right here? <laughs> yeah, right. I guess I kind of have two hopes, and the first requires the second for both of them to realize themselves. I guess the first would have to be that all of these fantastic things that keep me in Alberta that are just you know simmering beneath the surface that they that they boil over. That all these great ideas that we have. These great entrepreneurs and innovators, and 
you know, surprisingly good culture that we, all, all this great stuff that I'm sure all of you know about, and that's why you're still living here, all this stuff that lurks beneath the surface that it, you know, breaks free, and it comes to define Alberta. But in order for that to happen, and this is my second hope, I think that, you know, I hope that 20 years from now, I'll be sharing my communities with um, better citizens in the political sense. Hmm. That they're, um, well, that every last demagogue's died off and been replaced <laughs> with 10 true Democrats. I don't, I don't mean big D Democrats, but like, hmm. you know, I got you. That, you know, people that, people that don't feel dirty when they've been proven wrong, but actually feel happy about it, because it means that a better idea is, mm -hmm. you know, the consequence. People that uh, don't feel offended when, you know, they're challenged. People who aren't married to their opinions just because it's that system of belief that makes them their money, whether they're a farmer or an oil man or a banker or a, okay. whatever. And yeah, so I really hope that in 20 years, whether whether I'm here or not, I mean, this is bigger than me. This is mm -hmm. I, my hope for Alberta is that you know, the good aspects are front and center. It's because the people of Alberta have. Okay. So after discussing our, our fears of where the province is going, our hopes for where it could be in the future, the last question we were asked was, what is it about Alberta that you're thankful for? And the reason the question was asked, according to Michael, was because it's, a, one, it's a great way to sort of end off the evening, and two, it, the party doesn't want to be something that is... Um, based in, I guess, okay. negativity. Um, he explains it a little bit better than that, but, uh, but um, you know, I'll share okay. some of what people's thoughts were around, what they were grateful uh, for, what they were thankful for living in Alberta. And, uh, and then uh, I'll sum up the evening, because I thought it was a really compelling exercise, an interesting way to develop party policy. Largely on gratitude, not on despair, because... We want to build it on strength, not on weakness. So it's important for us to be able to name all those things, but it's also important for us to really relate to why, why it is that we're here and what we do like about it and what we appreciate. So think about that for a second. Uh, well, because of the way I've seen uh, young people come out of it, and it's not a uh, universal uh, sample, uh, I, I really like the education system here. Um, although when I say that, not sure whether to call that provincial. It's uh, I, I've uh, liked what I've seen in individual teachers, and I guess the way uh, the Edmonton uh, Public School Board uh, runs its affairs. And it occurs to me that a lot of uh, other examples I, I might uh, uh, suggest of what I like about the province are really examples of things that I like that come out of uh, local effort, local culture. I'm grateful for our education system and um, just having lived um, in Australia, Australia for three years, like it's a really great country, but they do have, like, it's a kind of a Canadian thing, but like, you can kind of, like, you can get involved in anything you want to, like, we don't have as much class built into things and it's from our education system and our healthcare system and, um, yeah, just the scenery as well and I just think we have a lot that like we're really lucky to have and then there's just areas for improvement that we could have so much more <laughs> I'm grateful that Alberta is part of Canada I think um, that's one thing 
I'm grateful that we haven't uh, so you don't separated. Want us, you don't want us to bring those old policies back. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, 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 we can't. That are hanging there in <laughs> suspension. I'm grateful that you got rid of the old policies, or have at least suspended them. No, November 13th. Yeah, I suspended them. Yeah. Well, that's why I come after you guys for memberships. <laughs> you want to help us get rid of those things. Uh, and kind of like Alex is saying, grateful for the opportunities that Alberta has afforded me. I started a business as well and got my schooling here. And for the most part, I've had good opportunities in Alberta. Okay. Well, I thank you for all your input and your thoughtfulness and your commitment. Uh, this is and the, that was uh, kind of it. Um, we had a nice evening sitting down and talking about our our concerns and our goals and, and our dreams and the things that we're grateful for in this province. Michael and Elaine wrapped up by explaining to us what the, the next step in the process is for the Alberta Party, where they collect information that they've gathered from these big listen events and will form policy points that will uh, guide where the party winds up going. Uh, in terms of its dreams and its goals. Uh, it was an interesting look at a different way of doing politics, one that I think that, you know, isn't new, but also isn't used very much anymore. And um, I wish the Alberta Party the very best. I'd like to thank Elaine and Michael for inviting me uh, and for allowing me to record. So I understand that some people um, are pretty sensitive about the, uh, getting their opinions out there. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about what the, uh, the Alberta Party is going to, check out their website. It's albertaparty.ca, and uh, they're selling memberships, and they've just wrapped up their annual general meeting. So we'll probably be hearing a lot more uh, from the burgeoning party in the days to come. And, uh, and we can continue to hope that the province of Alberta will be the place that we want it to be. Certainly, that's my hope for the future. I want to be proud of this place place I want to stay. It's a place I want to raise family. Thanks for listening. Move away from your western runs, travel towards eastern suns, far above all earthly goals, a pledge for creation's soul, spirit finds fresh morning. It's the League of Extraordinary Media, theedmontonian.com. TrueBrittle.com, The Unknown Studio, user-created content. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's a guarantee of quality Edmonton-based online content. If you're interested in joining or would like more information, visit LeagueOfExtraordinaryMedia.com. Because, um, <clears throat> as I understand it, it's pretty unique in the marketplace, right? Yes. And and so Guru's got a couple of different, shall we say, houses. You've got uh, you got your Gryffindors. <laughs> You've got your uh, what's that house that nobody cares about? Uh, Hufflepuff. Okay, what's the other one? Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. Yeah. So that we <laughs> we haven't created Hufflepuff yet. If you create a Hufflepuff, then I think you need to do a little bit of spring cleaning. <laughs> But you've got your sort of digital media side of things, right? Digital design? 
Yeah. Is that fair? Uh, it's called digital media production. Okay. And that's our, our oldest and most venerated, if you will, program. It's a whole seven years old. Okay. Um, and it was the one that we, uh, we came out with at the very first outset. Um, and so Guru for five years, six years, was a one-trick pony. We, we had one gig that we did, and that was it. And, and we're it, growing. But you did it well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Over those those few years, um, so you've you've been able to establish another stream, the game design stuff. Yep. And and have your class sizes grown? Like, is is Guru on the grow? We're definitely on the grow. Like I said before, when I took over, there were only four students in the school, and I think it had to do with the fact that we moved. So your analogy of the the Hogwarts and and uh, uh, the Harry Potter notion, yeah, we kind of hid away in a corner uh, on the second floor of the Swedish Jewelers Building, and even to this day, we have people going to the old uh, address and saying, "Where's Guru?" and uh, and they, we're just a half block north. You know? Oh, really? <laughs> we're just a half. Block. Yeah, because you used to be sort of inside the Empire Building, right? And, yeah, we're yeah. in the basement of the Empire Building, and and it used to be uh, a restaurant, and we actually had to wall off the kitchen. There was a kitchen that was hidden um, in the in the school environment. It was wacky. You yeah, know? it had all the trappings of you know um, skullduggery left, right, and center. <laughs> Does anybody use that word anymore? I I believe you're the only one. Uh, however, more people should use yes. the word skullduggery. <laughs> awesome. Another one for the Urban Dictionary. It's probably already there. I would imagine. I would it's think. been in parlance for centuries. Parlance. Generations. Did you just watch The Big Lebowski? <laughs> no. Well, maybe you should. <laughs> I have watched The Big Lebowski. <laughs> Some of us have a, have a wider vocabulary than a than a assortment of curse words at it. Well, fuck you, Scott. <laughs> 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 so tell us about the game design branch of the school. What's involved there? Are you teaching people to make video games? Well, sort of. We're, um, we discovered that there were two uh, sort of well-fed areas of the gaming environment. The first is, is the uh, game programming where you create the game engine itself. And then there's the game art, right? The uh, the 3D models, the characters, and, and the, the backgrounds and whatnot. And what was missing was the storytelling component. And really, the game level developer is the one who gets in there and brings all the pieces together and uh, figures out how to engage the audience in or engage the player in a, um, in a, a sequence of interactions that tell a story and, and uh, provide some puzzles and incentives to and curiosity about what's going to happen next when I uncover this next whatever it happens to be. And, and um, what we did was everything we do at Goo, we try and find a, um, a, a nice blend between uh, the corporate uh, environment and the uh, the entertainment environment, what we call the sex and money quotient, right? And it's the, uh, the things we do because we love it and the things that we do because it pays us and um, and so for us it was the uh, game level development was the the sex quotient or sex, por- sex portion uh, of the show and uh, uh, interaction design is is more on the corporate side of things it's sort of your the uh, digital equivalent of an industrial designer in some ways okay so uh, so now that students are sort of into this program mm-hmm. um, 
Do, have you had your first set of graduates through yet? or well, we, We've just graduated our first, um, and the, the intakes have been small. We've uh, Admittedly, we've been working, at, uh, working out the bugs of the program, and so we're only taking um, people that we think are, are, have really good potential for getting into the industry and doing interesting things. Um, and so our first graduate, he will, uh, he, he'll be out and uh, uh, banging on the doors to get a job and and, uh, and we're going to help them with that process. Uh, we have a, um, a student right now who just started uh, in, at the beginning of September who is driving up from Calgary every week, driving up from Calgary. To go to school. His, yeah, his wife and baby are in Calgary, and, and he comes up and stays in an apartment during the week and then goes home on the weekends. And, uh, and he found us at the Calgary Expo, uh, the comic no book, way. yeah, yeah, uh, the the Alberta version of the Comic Con, and uh, and he was uh, absolutely fascinated by the whole thing, and and thought, hey, this is a really cool uh, opportunity. And he said, he said to me, I couldn't find anything else like this in Western Canada. That seems pretty astonishing to me that that, that kind of thing doesn't exist. Well, it was about time somebody filled that niche then. Obviously, and that's been done. So. So it's good to hear it. 60s of listeners. The, <laughs> if you the, want to get in on the uh, ground level of a game design program. I'm saying. I know where you can go. Ask Dumbledore. We both know where you can go. Yeah. We'll and, tell, it, and we'll tell you where to go. And it involves a magical train <laughs> called, the, called the LRT. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Hog- Hogwarts Express. Except yeah. with smell your people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've been to E3. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, zing. Zing, you pleasant geeks. Oh, yes. So um, <clears throat> now you're trying to obviously boost Guru's um, profile in the community, right? Sure. Sure, right? Well, yeah. I mean, isn't, yeah. That one of the reasons, yes. isn't that one of the reasons <laughs> you sponsored our show? Yes, Did you? Absolutely. I don't know if you picked the best venue <laughs> since Scott and I curse and like sailors. Well, I, I curse like a sailor. I try to keep the, uh, the level of the that. discourse at, uh, at a... At a fairly reasonable level. Yeah, I, I don't. My job here is basically just to rein you in at this point. <laughs> <laughs> is that all? Is that how you view yourself? I'm, t- I'm just, I'm just trying to stuff the genie back in the bottle at this point. It's and <clears> it's <throat> a, an uphill. It's like Sisyphus pushing a boulder up a hill. Yeah, it's Laurel and Hardy, right? You know. I don't know. <laughs> what, what would be a more apt comparison? Habit and Costello. Sure. Or uh, Statler and Waldorf, really, from the Muppet Show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> my two favorite guys. Um, <clears throat> so what, what's the value for you? Because, uh, you know, I mean, we all know why we like to have you as an advertiser. You've We formed a great relationship with you. You've connected us to some great people. And, uh, I mean, it's really worked in our favor. And so what's the whole, why support local media? Well, the um, local media thing is, is uh, for me, it's it's... Uh, that wonderfully targeted and um, focused uh, area. I'm not. Uh, I'm not the kind of uh, business person who's looking to speak to absolutely every single person in the city. Um, I'm reaching out to those who are digitally savvy and and those who are interested in digital culture and uh, who are interested in um, you know uh, thinking. Uh, you know, and those people don't <laughs> listen to this podcast. No one listens to this. Why so. are you trying so hard to convince him to stop supporting our podcast? I'm just trying to see how far I can push him. 
not at all. This is uh, um, it's been fantastic because uh, you guys have been uh, really easy to work with and and a lot of fun. Uh, we see you all the time at the social media events, left, right, and center, and uh, and so your profile as the uh, unknown studio is is quite known. And so we want to <laughs> which violates our the, way into that whole that violates the entire spirit of our name. We, we never no, wanted to be known. It's, it's, I have I think to it's, say it's the truth. We want to be known. We just don't want to know pe- people where we're based out of. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we change our location every week. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, hence the missile silo. Yeah, yeah. In Soviet Russia. In we, former Soviet Russia. It was cheap to rent for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, the flight out here was just a pain, though. Wasn't it? Gosh. It's the last time I fly on a... A jet blue. plane, yeah, <laughs> a prop plane with chickens inside of it. Well, I mean, I have to tell you, from from our perspective, the relationship's been wonderful, and it's, uh, and you know, you're you've been a sponsor since about May or June, and it's for us, it was never about money. If it was about money, I would have tried to extort you for much more. Um, it was it was really about for me for me like we've talked we talked about I mentioned we're a school <laughs> yeah <laughs> and did i mention i'm a terrible person for trying to extort a school and also a uh, really terrible ad seller so yeah yeah <laughs> obviously but so i mean we wanted the we wanted the relationship because I, you you're into some interesting stuff i mean at the end of the day i think out of our sponsors what i've been looking for is access to other interesting people we can talk to you know sure. the money is one of those Wonderful things. perks that yeah. helps us pay for our overhead, and and yeah, exactly. Like you know, you're you're, you're paying for our hosting and, and all that stuff. So Woo-hoo. yeah, and, and we're we're so glad to have you. Um, I I think that's the direction that advertising should be going in. Absolutely. I don't know if that works on a on a mass media level, but certainly at our level, with with organizations like ours and the Edmontonian, it's about forming community. That's the whole the whole rhyme and reason behind social media really well and that is a big thing that we're we're looking at um as a school in fact is is the how does social media work and um the only way you can understand it is to do it well um and you guys do social media well thanks wow we're, we're doing all right it like validation yeah <laughs> the one and only time except when karen unland thinks we're awesome we think Karen Unland is awesome. She and that's because she is. And so, in fact, uh, now we had the uh, the dubious uh, honor of being dragged in front of a class of yours. At least I did, because Scott was Scott has to work all the time. Everybody, he's the hardest working man in showbiz. I'm I today alone. I'm uh, like four projects deep and still going grocery shopping. Yeah, so yeah. And he has another meeting after this. Anyway, wow. so we, we came out to your first ever Social Media Saturday event. I yeah. did. We, well, we, we as the unknown student. We as the unknown student. Yeah. And it, uh, I mean, it was, it was a very basic uh, intro to the, the medium, the media. But I think you guys did really well. You brought in some very interesting people. There was lots of great discussion. And even though I wasn't a presenter, you did haul me up to the front of the classroom at the end. And I was... You were the special guest yeah, star. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully next time I will be the special guest star and you will mismanage your schedule badly and not be able to manage it. <laughs> That's my goal. My goal is to make it, to screw up so badly that you have to show up. And it wasn't, I shouldn't say so badly, Scott, because it wasn't a big deal, but but uh, I did pimp the brand a little bit. I should have brought more buttons with me. And mugs. And mugs, which we're almost out of. You have mugs? 
You don't have a mug yet? No, I don't have a mug. Oh, we have like oh, 10 dude. mugs left. We need to we need to go on another round of merchandising. You know what I was thinking? <laughs> we need to slap our logo on our website on some more stuff. I was <laughs> I was thinking and I actually looked it up. I wanted to have hats made. Like um, the uh, military style kind of like the one I'm wearing, the flat top thing with our uh, logo embroidered on it. Um, but uh, the cheapest hat I could find per unit is $4. And, of course, you usually have to do a minimum spend of, like, 50 units, right? Plus the embroidery costs. So I'm starting to think maybe we do, like, a CJSR-style fun drive. Ask people to pay, you know, 40 bucks. You get a good hat, and you get to support your favorite local podcast. Also, we could get some more mugs. I want hats. But we could get mugs, too. Okay, well, maybe... People like mugs. They're functional. Owen? What do you think? Mugs or hats? I love it all. Okay. Bring it. Okay. Pez dispensers. We need to get our heads yeah. on Pez dispensers. Yeah. That's when we know we're famous. Yeah, because people want to eat candy that I've vomited out of my neck. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, we'll get you a mug. You're a sponsor. You should have a mug. Oh, shit. I think we've... <laughs> I don't think he's a sponsor anymore. I get the sense that we've spoiled the relationship. So what other uh, what other sorts of organizations are you trying to... Get yourself and your and your students involved in here in Edmonton. Aside from the unknown studio, of course. Well, you know, it's, that was the that was the big first step, wasn't it? Is uh, is getting in with the coolest show in the world. Um, now, now I know he's lying. <laughs> We're the second coolest show in the world. <laughs> the first is an NPR production called Old Jews Telling Jokes on iTunes. So, anyway. <laughs> And now, Sex Talk brought to you by the Traveling Tickle Truck. Hey, I'm Lauren from the Traveling Tickle Trunk. Edmonton is not exactly a hotspot for sex shows, fairs, and festivals. So when the Taboo Naughty But Nice show makes its annual stop in our city, many locals flock to it as the only taste of the salacious they're likely to get. We at the Tickle Trunk both love and hate Taboo. It's a fun environment to see and be seen, but it's also packed full of questionable products and sexual stereotyping on parade. After six consecutive years exhibiting at Taboo, we've learned a thing or two, so we're pleased to offer you our guide on how to get the most out of your Taboo Naughty But Nice experience. Number one, dress up. You can be as crazy as you want to be. If there's an exhibitionist inside of you, this is the time to let it out. Dressing up can get you in the mood and make it a lot more fun. Two. Score as much free swag as you can. Sure, some of it's not worth picking up, but you can sort through it later. The two best scores at Taboo are free drink samples and free condoms. Go back for as many of both as you possibly can. 3. Take in the entertainment. In the past, it has been seriously lacking, but they are starting to step up their game. This is your chance to see some of our city's best burlesque troops and exotic dancers. And please, if you're watching the performers on stage, cheer them on and get involved. Everyone, including the performers, will enjoy themselves more. 4. Try stuff on. There are tons of totally cool clothes, from costumes to corsets to rubber. Let loose and try on something you wouldn't normally wear. You'll be surprised how good you look. 5. Hang around the body painting booth. Or better yet, get painted yourself. This is your chance to see lots of skin and some beautiful artwork. If you're brave enough, get yourself painted and bear your own skin. 6. Take in the seminars. This year they've changed the seminars and now only people with real information can present, so you won't be sitting through a 30-minute sales pitch. You'll get free sex information with advice you can take home and use. 7. Be very selective with toy purchases. The show is a veritable mecca of crappy toys. 
Avoid the booths that are stuffed with racks of toys and boxes and look for places like ours that will let you play with demo models and answer your questions. If you ask a toy seller what a toy is made of and they can't answer you, walk away. Remember, a cheap toy is usually not a good deal. 8. Get your tickets in advance online. Advance tickets are $10 while tickets at the door are $15 and Thursday is two for one ladies night. Better yet, get free tickets from us. We have two pairs of tickets to give away to listeners. All you have to do is become our fan on Facebook at facebook.com slash traveling tickle trunk. Then leave the message on our wall, I listen to the unknown studio and I want to go to Taboo. The first two will get the tickets plus a coupon for a great deal from us. Are you looking for current, relevant, highly specialized digital media instruction? You need to seek out the Guru. Guru Digital Arts College offers intense six-month programs that simulate real-world projects. You'll work in small classes in a casual professional environment and meet industry pros who offer a mentor-style approach to learning. Some institutions make the same claim, but with Guru, you'll develop the confidence to get out and become a part of the digital media community. Come visit us anytime. Check out a class, talk with our instructors, and be part of the Guru experience. For more information, email info at gurudigitalarts.com or call 1-877-429-4878. And now, a dramatic reading with Scott C. Bourgeois. Proxima Centauri, which is Latin, proxima meaning next to or nearest to, is a red dwarf about 4.2 light years distant in the constellation of Centaurus. It was discovered in 1915 by Robert Innes, the director of the Union Observatory in South Africa, and is the nearest star to our sun, although it is too faint to be seen with the naked eye. Its distance is the second and third nearest stars, which form the bright binary Alpha Centauri. Proxima Centauri may be part of a triple star system with Alpha Centauri A and B, but this is not certain. Because of the proximity of this star, its angular diameter can be measured directly, yielding a diameter one-seventh that of our Sun. Proxima Centauri's mass is about an eighth of the Sun's, and its average density is about 40 times that of the Sun. Although it has a very low average luminosity, Proxima is a flare star that undergoes random, dramatic increases in brightness because of magnetic activity. The star's magnetic field is created by convection through the stellar body, and the resulting flare activity generates a total X-ray emission similar to that produced by our Sun. The mixing of the fuel at Proxima Centauri's core through convection and the star's relatively low energy production rate suggest it will be a main sequence star for another four trillion years, or nearly 300 times the current age of the universe. Searches for companions orbiting Proxima Centauri have been unsuccessful, ruling out the presence of brown dwarfs and supermassive planets. Precision radical velocity surveys have also ruled out the presence of super-Earths within the star's habitable zone. The detection of similar objects will require the use of new instrumentation, such as the proposed James Webb Space Telescope. Since Proxima Centauri is a red dwarf and a flare star, whether a planet orbiting the star could support life is 
disputed. Nonetheless, because of the star's proximity to Earth, it has been proposed as a destination for interstellar travel. Now, we should take a moment, yeah, briefly, to, uh, and, and I mean, we obviously, one of our sponsors is our guest today. Yes, but, yes. but we should make mention of, of all of our sponsors briefly. We should. And uh, I think we should start, as, as we often do, with our good friends at... The, the Edmonton, Edmonton Journal. Journal. That's right. Those ink-stained wretches uh, saw something valuable here. At least uh, we tricked them into seeing something valuable. And they've, they've been sponsoring the show since, uh, well, way back in uh, November... 2009 of aught nine of aught nine so we're almost a year into sponsorship with the uh the edmonton journal and we we really appreciate it we really do we've got owen here from guru digital arts college the uh, uh the foremost edmonton digital media school sure yeah how about that was that good that was fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Right. Just say it with commitment. Well, yeah. I mean, the, we've got Owen here from Guru Digital Arts College, the foremost digital media school in Western Canada. There you go. Bravo. Yeah. So there you go. Thank uh, you very much, man. Uh, of course, our sex positive friend who you've heard from in this very episode, the Traveling Tickle of Trunk. Of course, the Traveling Tickle Trunk. Uh, Brenda Kerber is the owner, and she uh, you've heard her voice frequently on the show. We're so thrilled to have them as a sponsor. They're involved in some really interesting stuff including brenda actually just started writing the uh, alt sex column for view weekly so every thursday you can read her thoughts on uh on sex in edmonton and uh on occasion you can also hear her thoughts on sex in edmonton right here on this episode in fact there you go all right and uh we have one other very small minor sponsorship so we'll just say his name Jerry Allenbach. Bacon. I should tell you, I had lunch with Owen the other day, totally on a whim. I was on Twitter and I said, I'm going, I'm going for lunch and I'm going to be at OJ's Varsity Row. Uh, and um, come join me if you want. And so Owen was like, well, I'm like on a bus that's close. So I'm stopping by. So we, we sat and had beers for like three hours. And, and I got to hear some of the interesting, exciting stuff that, uh, that he's bringing to Guru. And can I spill the beans? Can I say who it is? Sure. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So one of the instructors that Owen's bringing to Guru Digital Arts, is very exciting, is an, a comic book illustrator named Nat Jones. And um, I, I mean, I don't know very much about comics. That's really, I'd say, more Scott's domain than mine. Um, but when I saw, Owen showed me the man's portfolio. I mean, he's drawn stuff for Spawn, for Rob Zombie's comic, like horror, horror illustration stuff. And he... He got in touch with you about coming to the school. Yeah, he he's a, a comic book guy in uh, in living in L.A. and and successfully working in the comic book industry as a as ever well as a comic book creator. You do it all. You do the the writing. You do the uh, uh, the inking. You do the coloring. You you're, you have to know everything. Um, and and he's been doing that for the past 17 years so he you know he actually was uh told while he was in school his his uh instructor said 
you, there's nothing we can you're you're ready to go please uh and it was actually i think it uh, i think it was disney or someone uh, someone was hiring him and uh and they just brought him on board and, and he never looked back and so um he's now looking at relocating to edmonton and uh um and he he googled uh, uh yeah of all things, Googled art schools in Edmonton, uh, and uh, and he found Guru. Hey, your SEO is working. Oh yeah, woohoo! <laughs> Yay, <laughs> it's paying off. <laughs> um, and and he liked the name, he liked the brand, and he sent me an email and said, "Hi, uh, my name's Nat Jones, and uh, I'd love to meet you. And are you looking for an instructor? Uh, I'll be in town on these dates." and uh, uh, I said, uh, sure. Is this a joke? <laughs> well, I was, to be honest, at first I thought, no way, come on, really? Uh, and uh, and then we had our meeting, and he walked into the, the school, and I'm expecting, you know, Rob Zombie and all of his, you know, Rob Zombiness. And, uh, and sure enough, he comes in. He's got, like, wicked dreads and ink and piercings and biker boots and leather and he's coming in and he's wearing geek glasses like mine and and he says hi my name's nat jones and he's just the most authentic easygoing straight up kind of guy and uh and i said so there's a total disconnect between the appearance you you create and the uh it was sort of like that that scene in um um uh Oh shoot, Wayne's World. There we go. Where they go in, and we're not worthy. We we see uh, Al- Alice Cooper, and they're <laughs> sitting around having this crazy intellectual conversation. Well, that was literally what walked into my office. Was this uh, you know Alice Cooper level dude who uh, who was able to carry on a fantastic, interesting conversation about life and and everything, and uh, hmm. and so we hit it off, and we're now working on bringing him in to do some cool stuff. So when will he become part of the the school? We're hoping uh, for sometime in the new year. Um, uh, we're uh, we're we're exploring. He's uh, doing freelance work uh, as well, uh, working with EA on a, a new title. And uh, mm. uh, so you know, there's some interesting things that he's involved in, and and Guru will be one of those things that he's part of. And he will be. What what kind of courses will he be teaching? Um, well, we're actually looking at building uh, some programming around him related to uh, graphic novels, to uh, comic book creation, and even exploring some uh, digital uh, comics uh, and how to create interactive digital comics so that, um, I don't know if you've seen some of these motion comics that are out there that are uh, they're kind of nasty. I, I'm not a big fan of the motion comics, but if there was a way to take a panel and, and make it interactive, I mean, wouldn't it be a blast to be reading some go- uh, zombie novel, right? And you get to a, uh, a page, it's a panel where there's zombies marching towards you and, and you just tap it on your, your touch screen to, to kill it. And then you, oh. there's more of them that are coming at you, so you need to kill off like five or six of them before you can switch to the next page. It's you know, it's kind of like Tinkerbell, but a little nastier. You know, that's so. that's actually a really cool idea. <laughs> I uh, <clears throat> I have an app on my iPad called I think it's Comicsology or something like that. Yeah, you just buy comic books and view them. Yeah. But it's got this thing called the Guided Reader, 
And so you yeah. you open up your comic book and you double click on the with double tap the first panel yeah. and it zooms in and then as you tap the right side of the screen it guides you through the story and, and yeah. zooms in on that yeah. stuff. The Marvel app is the same way. Yeah, and, 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 and it's, so like, it's a really kind of cool way of presenting. And then it's full screen, big, beautiful, and and you know you take one of those screens and you turn it into some kind of simple little interactive uh, that you know is the payoff. And I, the thing I think of is, and I'm old, so I don't know if you <laughs> remember the the Electric Company at all, but they used to have these Spider-Man things where they go through and they'd have the the panel shot and then the last panel was uh, a live action Spider-Man and and back in the day on TV that was the oh cool real Spider-Man woo um, so now in and translate that into the uh, yeah into uh, Adam is demonstrating yeah I'm showing for us in the, in the in showing the, our listeners exactly how it works <laughs> <I> see <clears throat> Scott keeps telling me you guys can't see that but I think he's lying I think he's lying <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, and I just wanted to show you that I have issue yeah. 77 of The Walking Dead. So. so you guys are starting to try to boost your profile, not just through, um, you know, advertising and being out in public, but you're also hosting events. Mm-hmm. And by the time people are listening to this, your digital media mixer will have passed. And there's a segment in the show here, this show, well, where we've been to the mixer and we've talked to people there. Mm-hmm. We are totally screwing with time this is an entirely anachronistic show we're recording it before the event yeah. and then we have a segment from the event and you're listening to it after the event and i'm going to go out on a limb here right now and say the event was hugely successful was hugely successful so um <laughs> and owen now has a flux capacitor built into his ipad that we can uh that we can leverage to uh, go back go forward to the digital media mixer. Now, what's the purpose of doing events like that? Um, it, it's a chance to bring the community together and, and offer some uh, networking opportunity. It's a chance for our students to meet people uh, in the community. Uh, it's a chance for us to have some cool talent come, and, and uh, the Mystery Ponies have, have uh, graciously offered to bring uh, lots of noise and entertainment to the sh- to the whole thing. Cher Jackson is is going to be uh, bringing some of her uh, illustration brilliance to it, and we've got uh, we've just partnered with the Donovan Creative. Oh. Um, they're bringing a uh, a guest speaker in from Toronto, who's going to be speaking on the digital the state of digital media in Canada, and uh, and so it's a a big research project that's being funded across Canada. Thing so. It'd be kind of cool. The results of his research are of great interest to me because I work with digital media and magnets. So do we all. Yes, we all do work in digital media. So say we all. So so say we all. And you should be careful where you put those magnets because working in digital media with magnets is yeah. a dangerous combination. Yeah, usually <laughs> they just rest wrapped around my lower half to enhance my virility. So that's what I mean when I say working with magnets. Now, um, switching the subject from my crotch to other things. <laughs> okay, so you've got you've got illustrator Nat Jones joining your faculty. Yeah. We've got you as the executive, dir- yeah, director, executive director, yeah. and you've got a few other superstars. It really does sound like, uh, to to extend the the analogy, you have the makings of a Hogwarts because you do have <laughs> such disparate personalities all interested in one thing magic well digital magic. digital magic yeah 
And so uh, we like to think so. So I wonder who Nat is. Nat Jones more like a he doesn't sound like a Hagrid to me, you know. Oh he, yeah, he he's he's got <laughs> yeah he's got the 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 Hagrid look for sure. <laughs> you know, Sweet, but yeah, I mean, this is awesome. We, we've got we've got to, we've got to get got, down there. Who is it? Snape. Mm. Snape. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's I think that's Dave McQueen. Uh, he he has some Snapishness to him. Yeah. 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 And there's McGonagall. Yeah. That that I think is Lisa Hagen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, yeah. and Beth Query. Beth uh, Query, yeah. She, who would she be? Hmm? Which uh, which uh, Harry Potter character oh, do you see back? I, you know, I'm trying to think of the the one who has the um, crystal ball. Yeah, the Emma Thompson played in the films. Yeah. Do you remember her name? Trelawney. Trelawney, yes, there Professor Trelawney. Um, I'm ashamed of how much Harry Potter knowledge I have. What's taken. there's nothing wrong with Harry Potter. Well, I'm not saying there is, but I'm ashamed at how much knowledge I've retained. Well. It must have been interesting to you. No, it was interesting to Anita. Ah. I hear about it a lot. Yes, it's like if you have a wife who's a vegetarian, you become a vegetarian. No, <laughs> vegetables are what meat eats. If <laughs> but if you have a wife who's into Harry Potter, you're into Harry Potter. Only in a very tangential sort of way. Except that you seem to have this tremendous font of knowledge about I it. am like a sponge for useless trivia. Yeah. Uh, I could not retain important data to save my life, but... If you throw some pop culture thing at me, I'll keep it around in my brain for years. And then I'll pull it out at some ridiculous spot, like here, on the show. Yeah, you, he is whipping it out, this this show, I have to say. A lot. Scott is whipping it out. And it's impressive. <clears throat> Tell me about the kinds of people who come through Guru. Are they, are they you know, graduates right out of high school? Or are they people looking for new careers? A little bit of everything? We have a, a fascinating sort of uh, demographic that I, you know... I, I don't like to sort of group people too much because it you know you it is a continuum uh, and but to to uh, sort of get a sense of of the the types of people we find coming to to guru are those who are fresh out of high school and and just want to get going already um, they've probably done some digital media related stuff some Photoshop type things some animation and whatnot. Um, and uh, and so they come in and they're typically very focused and very eager. Um, they're more hungry for the theory, the the uh, foundations of, of understanding why you do what you do as opposed to how to do it. Um, and we can certainly help them with the how, but we also help them build some some good understanding of, of why things are done the way they, they're, they're done. Um, then we have the sort of... Um, middle of the age range between 25 and 35 some folks who've been doing something for a while and and just found that it's really not their their gig not their thing um and so they're they're finding that they want to reinvent themselves or or uh they've been doing something uh, related to digital media as a hobby for a while and they've just committed to themselves to taking the plunge and really taking that that next step um and then the third group is uh the um, the folks who have uh, uh, some kind of a, a degree or a, or a vocation that they've had for a while and, and they need to do the upgrade on it. And uh, uh, we've had some people come from the BFA programs uh, out there and they've got lots of great theory and, and great understanding of, of the why, but they just have no clue how. And so we work with them to really bring them up to speed.
speed on what the best practices of the industry currently are. And we're very lucky to have um, a great network of, of industry partners who inform us on uh, what we should be focusing on and where we should be spending our time and, and helping our students uh, uh, grow. Now, I'm, I'm of the opinion that you're never really too old to try something new, to reinvent yourself. I'm curious, what is the oldest student you've had? Uh, we've uh, we've had some students uh, who come in their in their middle fifties. Uh, the oldest and uh, successful student in the program, because um, we found that there uh, some folks come in and it's just too too much for them. And and because it uh, really is a very compressed sort of thing, isn't it? We have six months to do what we do and um, turn people into marketable employees or yeah, entrepreneurs, right? Yeah, yeah. and. You know, we we serve because our, our class sizes are, are small. We have a maximum of between 15 and 18 students in a class. That's that's it, um, and uh, it is it's on it's intentional because we want to make sure that people have that um, that one-on-one time with the instructors. Um, our instructors are their their teaching techniques are much more on the uh, mentorship side as opposed to the what we call direct teaching, where you stand at the front of the room and you know do the wah wah wah. And um, and the students are empty vessels, and you speak, you then uh, they listen and they retain. And we just can't do it that way, you know. With the amount of time that we have, we have to do things that are much more active, much more engaging, much more um, driven uh, to to get good skills. Out and of the gate. I mean, that's that's a really good way to learn. I find I, I've always found that I learn better doing something and getting help where I need it, as opposed to getting talked at by someone in a lecture hall. That puts me to sleep. But if I'm hands-on doing something, I I learn it and I retain it through the doing. Well, and and digital media, is so much of it is a craft that you need to try and fail and try and succeed and and test. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the thing we constantly ask ourselves is, uh, is this something I can find on lynda.com? Uh, is this something I can find um, by Googling it? Uh, and if I'm going into the classroom as a teacher and doing either one of those things, then I'm not utilizing the classroom time to the best of its ability. Yeah. Uh, to my, the best of my ability. Right. So who is that uh, most successful oldest student that you've graduated? Um, or, he, or how old were they anyways? Uh, he was 50. Oh, heavens. Uh, and I hope he doesn't kick me in the knee. I think he about 50, somewhere in there. Uh, and uh, he was an absolutely fascinating um, case study. Uh, he came to us, and he'd had a brain injury. He had um, uh, a significant accident and um, ended up with amnesia. Um, uh, yeah, and he came into his interview and said, Owen, oh, I'm like a kid again. I'm, you know, I'm just a sponge. I'm ready to learn. Um and so we said, okay, you're, you're on the outside perimeter of, of what we, we typically are, we, we're comfort, comfortable with having in the classroom. You know, no, if you can bring that level of discipline and, and focus and, and preparedness for doing stuff uh, in a digital way, because it's also a, um, it's a, a, an age generational thing, um, 
today's students' brains are wired very differently from previous generations. And so the classroom that we have is very different from what uh, previous generations uh, are familiar with. Uh, and so, uh, so it, was, it was a challenge for him. And he ended up having a bit of a, a freak out and a meltdown midway through, but he, he managed to pull it all together, graduated, and found himself out there doing graphic design work. So, so anyone can do it. Not anyone, but if you've got the passion and drive, it, you, you can yes, do it. Yes, absolutely. It doesn't matter how old you are, as long as you're willing to learn and apply yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually that an incredible story. Doesn't matter how young you are either. No, and I that's suppose the not. Thing, you yeah. know, is is we uh, uh, people say, well, you know, you need to accept students who aren't fresh out of high school uh, because you know, they need to have some time in the real world. And you uh, could argue that for anything, though. Yeah, you need to hire people you know, in a job that aren't fresh out of university because they need to try and fail in the world. I mean... Well, and when it comes to kind of a digital medium, kids are plugged in from a young age now. Yeah. Uh, to the internet, to learning with computers. And who's to say that that high school, from, from a digital standpoint, doesn't count as the real world? Because even when I was in high school, and, I mean, I wasn't as active as I am now online when I was in high school... But uh, I would say that, that I had some real practical experience using the Internet, networking through the Internet, using some of the tools that I even use nowadays. Yeah. Um, it almost seems like you would be, I don't want to say give, doing a disservice to, to those skills, but um, you're almost devaluing that experience by saying, well, you still need to go out in the real world and, and mm -hmm. you know, sink or swim and i don't think that's necessarily the case no i mean i graduated from university with a psychology degree an arts psychology degree and i mean what did university teach me i guess how to think critically how to how to deal with people was probably the biggest thing but i also learned all those skills through my work the reason we're doing this show is because i felt competent enough to be able to learn the tools I didn't know anything about podcasting. I just knew that. Nor did I. Yeah. We both just wanted to do it. Yeah. And we figured out the website thing. We had help. There's no question. We've had a lot of people help us. Um, oh, and you helped me with the website a little while ago when I was having trouble with the, the, the chronology function on WordPress. I mean, Adam Patterson, uh, who's a local designer, web designer, um, he was he helped port the site over to a new host. You know, we we can't do this stuff all on our own, but we're learning as we go. Well, and that's just it. I think that that's the uh, the coolest thing about the community is the uh, um, the learn as you go mentality and the willingness to share the necessity for uh, getting together and talking about experiences and 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 sharing uh, is is huge. Hiding away in a corner is not really going to do you much good might get you some fame in the short term if you do something really clever and really cool but you're if you're disconnected from the community you're going to lose it's yeah it's like everyone has a little piece of the puzzle mm -hmm. but we're all sharing those pieces amongst one another yeah it's yeah. that it's that whole notion but behind um crowdsourcing and there's a debate around whether what kind of what level of quality uh crowdsourced projects create um but like i mean we we in a lot of ways crowdsourced the show we didn't come up with the name for this show okay so we had someone help us with that someone else designed the logo um 
we've had help with the website. We've had help with RSS feeds. We've had audio help. We've learned a lot of it ourselves. But I, th I don't think that the Unknown Studio, I really don't think it would be as cool and, and fun as it is if we didn't have people who found us interesting enough and worthwhile enough to help us out with stuff. And, and if we weren't interesting enough or worthwhile enough, people wouldn't listen. You know, well, that's just, yeah. And the whole the whole keystone of social media is sharing. It's sharing knowledge. It's sharing ideas. It's sharing assistance. That's and what I love and, about. And it. it's also the um, the willingness to say thank you for sharing. Uh, I know what I need in order to be successful. Uh, so I'm going to pick and choose those things out of that wonderful pool of brainstorming that's happened. Um, because you can get the the cooks in the kitchen where uh, nothing ever happens because no one's willing to take a risk. Uh, and everyone's trying to be nice around the table and, and not hurt anyone's feelings, right? Um, so, you know, it's it's there is that balance between the uh, source uh, amongst the community for the idea generation or the solutions generation and then uh, the next step of having someone at the helm who's prepared to make the the decisions and, and put their neck on the line to really make it move forward. Speaking of putting necks on the line. Oh dear. I think it might be time for your favorite part of the show, Adam. Are you talking about the Fast 15? Yes, I am. All right, Owen, you're a listener of the show, sometimes, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so you know we do the Fast 15. We ask you 13 standard questions, and uh, and we ask you two wildcard questions handpicked for you. Uh, and uh, you get two passes, but that's it. Two passes. You have to answer at least twelve, at least 13 questions. And I can, I can answer any way I want. Any way you want. You Fantastic. Can, you can interpret the questions any way you want. In fact, we've talked about this. Briefly, uh, yeah. we have a, a question on here that people interpret very differently. It would be the vacations the question. Yeah, yeah. Some people, uh, not even vacations, we Ho say holiday. holiday. What is your favorite holiday? And about 50% of the guests go, uh, like Christmas, Halloween, St. Patrick's Day. And 50% of the guests go Las Vegas, Tijuana, yeah, the sure. beach. And we accept either of those options. Yeah. I'm not going to be fussy. Turn this into what you want it to be. All right. Aye, aye. Here we go. The Fast 15 with Owen Brierley, the Dumbledore of Guru Digital Arts College. Number one, your favorite food? Chocolate. Your favorite color? Uh, green. Mac, PC, or Linux? Oh, jeez, Mac. Dogs or cats? Cats. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Your favorite holiday? Surfing. Your favorite sport? Lacrosse. Ah, your favorite pastime? Uh, my iPad. <laughs> I didn't know that could be a pastime, but that's fa rapidly becoming mine as well, yeah. Your, uh, your favorite music at this particular moment? Ooh, my favorite music. Uh, I, you know, I'm into Philip Glass right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, you know, I have to say the movie that is on my mind, I'm, I won't, is the, the new Joaquin Phoenix, I'm Still Here, oh. uh, is on my mind because it irritated the crap out of me. <laughs> so I'm not sure that it's my favorite. Uh, it's, Star Wars. Okay, there you go. <clears throat> Your favorite video game? Ooh, uh, right now I'm into Angry Birds. A lot of people are big fans of that game. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Omniscience. Okay. 
Now, do you prefer Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars with a Trekkie bent. Okay, I don't know what that means. <laughs> he's trying to straddle the middle line, yeah. but I think he's falling on the Star Wars he's, side. Yeah, it oh, it yeah. sounds like yeah. it. Okay, okay. So now we're on to our two wildcard questions. The first one is, so you're a coffee drinker, right? Yes. Do you have one of those ridiculously complicated coffee orders? Um, my wife thinks so, yes. Whatever I ask for. It, and what is it? It's a... Um, uh, a, ta- a, a grande, okay, let me let me work this out. It's a grande um, soy uh, caramel macchiato without whipped cream. Okay, that's not that complicated. I've heard more complicated. I have too. Yeah, oh, there you go. And our final wild card question for you, Owen. What is your least favorite subject to teach? Grammar. Ah. And it's... It's such an important subject because it's, it is such an important thing to learn. It so is. But the second you say, we're going to learn grammar now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember having to learn grammar in sort of relearn it in my English 101 class because our, my class just wasn't very proficient at it. I don't think they teach it well in high school. I don't. I, yeah, oh, and I work in a business where grammar is so, so important. Yeah. And you would be surprised at how many people who share my profession, who have just absolutely no clue, who, yeah. like, mix up their theirs and their theirs and have improper apostrophes and commas, and it's just like, really, really, you you write for a living, and you're, <laughs> how, how do you do this? It's infuriating. Have, have we reached the downfall of grammar with the, uh, the arrival of word processing tools that tell you when you're spelling things wrong? But word processing tools aren't smart. No, they're no, not. They're not. And... They can only, they can only act as a crutch so much because again, it, it can't decide what there you're trying to use. Not it, always. It can no. best guess, yeah. and it might best guess wrong. Yeah. And at that point, you need to know if you're if you're referring to their hat or it is a hat that they are going to put on. You know, and there are people who just don't know the difference. I think my my biggest. Um, pet peeve right now is our growing pet peeve is predictive text. Yes, I hate it's, it. It's it's absolutely it's both pathetic and hysterical, especially the number <laughs> of tweets that I see. Yeah, uh, I when I I once tweeted that I was live tweeting something. And then I hit enter without thinking, and it posted that I was live teething something. (laughs) Yeah, no, I hate that. (laughs) Anyways, Owen, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure to have you, and thank you for sponsoring the show. Hey, my pleasure. We appreciate that. great to be here, and uh, it was a good conversation. Thank you. Sweet. Best of luck to you. Right on. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, episode 34. Our guest, Owen Brierley, pre-production by Adam Rosenhart, post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening.
Or uh, Statler and Waldorf, really, from the Muppet Show. <laughs> Just when you think this show is terrible, something wonderful happens. What? It ends. <laughs>